Hi there, I'm Jessie Cook and I'm here with SciDance, an evidence-based podcast looking at all things dance science, chatting to experts in the field who share their research, knowledge and thoughts for dancers, dance educators and dance scientists. I'm here today with Liliana, Program Leader of the MSc and MFA programs in Dance Science and Senior Lecturer in Performance Psychology at Trinity Lab and Conservatoire of Music and Dance. She has been working in higher education since 2004 as a lecturer in psychology at undergraduate and postgraduate levels. Her research focuses on psychological factors to ensure healthy, sustainable careers, in particular, performers' health and well-being, expertise development, and performers' career development and transition. Liliana is a chartered psychologist by the British Psychological Society. She works nationally and internationally as a consultant for culture change and performers' well-being in performing arts organisations. Today, we're chatting about researching in dance science. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Liliana. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, if you could just introduce yourself to our listeners. So tell us a little bit about your career and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, firstly, thank you for inviting me for this uh, brilliant podcast and congratulations on this project. So just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I'm Liliana Araujo. Uh, I'm currently uh, the program leader of the MSc and MFA in Dance Science at Trinity Laban, where I'm also a senior lecturer in psychology uh, and I, I work across both faculties of music and dance, so I teach in both faculties. Uh, I trained as a psychologist that was uh, all my training was in psychology i did a little bit of training in dance um, uh, because as as i was doing my degree in psychology i started dancing uh, recreationally and i started to be asked to be involved more uh, almost more professionally in dance in dance community projects and that's when i decided to do some uh, postgraduate um, training in dance uh, in community uh, contexts. Um, but I always, my main focus was always psychology. That's how my background evolved um, until I did a PhD where I looked at the pathways of um, successful individuals in two fields, in science and in dance. And every time I say this, I realize that that was the moment where I kind of combined science and dance and, and start discovering this field for dance science. Um, and yeah, and progressively I became more and more interested in knowing more about dance, knowing more about dancers and applying science and applying my knowledge and skills uh, to the field of dance. And, I didn't move away from psychology. I, I keep uh, being a psychologist and a researcher in psychology, um, but with a focus in dance and dancers. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good intro to your research backgrounds as well. Um, today we're going to talk about challenging traditional ways of researching in dance science. Um, so as an introduction, what does research in dance science tend to look like? Mm, uh, that's a very good question. Um, well, if we, you know, if you, if you go to a conference, uh, if you go, for example, to I Adams conference, uh, you see a wide range of topics there. Um, and from, you know, informed by different disciplines. And uh, I would say that the main focus is always to look at how can we know more about dance and dancers and dance practice and performance. 
and more recently there has been a growing interest in uh, the impact of dance in other populations and the the concept of dance for health is becoming more and more uh, looked at but I would say that most of the research in a very general uh, uh, evaluation <laughs> of how research looks like at the moment is I would say that mostly still focus on describing um, and understanding the risk factors for ill health among, amongst dancers. Um, I would say that most research is still small scale research, you know, with small group, small groups of participants, whether they are, you know, uh, experimental studies or more qualitative studies, they are still small scale. Um, and I would say that that is changing, uh, but there's still uh, a, um, a strong focus on the, the, the I would say the main dance styles, uh, contemporary and dance and, and ballet. There's still uh, a, a big focus on, on those two dance styles. And I guess that's more related to access and um, uh, availability of research resources than actually a lack of interest. I think there's a growing interest in other dance styles and in other, um, yeah, other types of dancers. Um, and there's more research coming up around that as well. Um, but I would say that is still, and actually, interestingly, last week I was giving a lecture, an introductory lecture to psychology and dance, and I was reviewing a study that was published in 1999, looking at da what dance research, dance science research uh, looked like. And if we look at those topics, they are still the same. You know, it's uh, dancers' injuries, talent development, um, injury prevention and rehabilitation. And then there's a little bit of psychology, nutrition, uh, of course, the nutrition uh, as well, strength and conditioning. So I would say that those are the main topics. And then there's a there was a little bit um, uh, in that study in 1999 uh, by Donna uh, Krasner and Cavani, um, there's, there's a little bit of psychology and interest uh, in you know concepts like self concept self concept body image stress and burnout and I would say that that didn't change a lot in terms of the topics uh, that are addressed of course there has been much more research since since then um, but I think there's scope for more and that's something that we usually see in in all studies that are published further research is needed <laughs> that's a, a typical uh, phrase that we see in many many publications nowadays and the other thing that I would say uh, especially in, in my field the lens that I use the psychology lens I think there's uh, there could be more theory-led uh, studies and, and also looking at um, topics from different again theoretical background and I think that's something that is really important to have theory-led research that actually give us a framework that give us uh, an understanding that is more solid, uh, that is not just based on what we observed or what we saw, but is actually led by a framework. And that's something that sometimes uh, is lacking. Yeah, I think the thing about um, 
different dance styles. So often the research is done in typically Western dance styles. And that's something I hadn't really considered until I started being a bit more critical with what I was reading. And it's definitely something that I think we need more of is looking at other styles. And um, what might traditional, non-traditional ways of researching look like then? And why should we be considering these as well? Um, I think uh, there's, well, what is traditional, right? We may say that traditional is anything that is, uh, that has been there for a long time. Um, and, and I think in dance science, we have the opportunity to do research in a different way. And there are different ways of doing research. We tend to see, you know, even in, in every module of research in dance or dance science research, we often look at quantitative and qualitative um, methodologies or experimental versus case studies. And, and I would say that is a traditional way of looking at things in a, a very either or uh, uh, approach. Uh, it's either quantitative or qualitative. It's either rigorous or subjective. And I think that's where we need to move away uh, from, from this kind of um, approaches to research. And I, I would say that's the traditional way of looking at research is in a very um, structure, which needs to be, needs to be structured. But in, in that way, it's either or. And I think that's in, in dance science, we have the opportunity to do things in a different way. And it reminds me, you know, I come from a background in psychology. And when I studied psychology, I can see uh, similar kind of journeys in psychology and in dance science, where in, at the beginning in psychology, we wanted so badly to um, affirm ourselves as, as a as a science that we wanted to do everything in a very experimental, objective, scientific way. And that meant that all the, the important things related to what, what is a human being, how do we fun function as human beings, how do the minds of people work, which was the core uh, of psychology, we were losing that, we were missing that. We wanted to measure the size of the brain and see and infer from that how intelligent people were. And I think that we see a similar uh, history uh, in dance science is that we have been trying so, uh, so hard to, to, to show that we are a science, that this is a, a, a science that we can actually um, provide um, evidence of how, you know, how dance, and dance works, how dancers, function that we kind of forget the the essence sometimes of dance and of dancing um, and, and I would say that non-traditional ways of research uh, that uh, of doing research give us an opportunity to actually capture the more even more the essence of dance and the essence of dancers and that would be I would say you know there's frameworks that we we are now talking more about but they are not very valued yet outside research and dance science but things related to evaluation action research implementation research which are now you know being applied in many other fields especially in medicine that we often you know take as granted as the leading uh, scientific field you know the randomized controlled trials um, so I think we need to move away from that idea of 
having a square box where we can fit in dance and study and understand it to actually be able to adapt our box as researchers and make it a bit more fluid uh, to to adapt to what dance is about and dance you know and i think that's what we need to consider more is that this is a creative field uh, and we need to to acknowledge that that there's so much to look into that beyond uh, the traditional way of doing research i would say yeah, I loved what you said there about um, seeing it as an opportunity. I think that's really interesting. So it's such a new field and often people focus on that as like a weakness of dance science, I suppose, is that the research isn't always, it doesn't date back a long way. But I think seeing it as an opportunity to do something different is great. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe something non-traditional then might be more representative of dance, which leads us nicely into how can moving away from traditional ways of researching help us to understand more about the dancers and also how can it lead to things like better injury prevention and performance mm -hmm. enhancement by doing that. Definitely. And as you were saying, you know, it's, it's really important that we uh, do something that is meaningful for dancers and, and it, because that's what research is about, is to, to support and to, to help uh, the context. And, and I think that's where we need to, uh, we are all concerned with that, you know, all, all researchers, do have an interest for making dance uh, and the dance field better. <clears throat> but sometimes our lens in a way don't align with the lens of those people that are in the context. And I think that's where we have that opportunity to work more collaboratively, to listen more to what are the specific needs of a specific context. Um, and sometimes that means that we have to kind of move away from our assumptions as researchers maybe even challenge the way we are doing things to acknowledge, you know, how does this research will actually be for the benefit, for the best interest of the dancers or the context we are in or, you know, the people that, that will benefit from this research. Who is going to benefit from this research? How can we make it then applicable in, in context? And I'm very, you know, I, I do believe that research is really important for the development of, of a field. Um, and, and I do believe that if we adopt uh, more innovative ways of doing research, we will find more easily a common language, which then will be better understood and better, um, um, yeah, knowledge embedded within the context. And I, I think that's something that we need to consider more more seriously in dance science. <laughs> yeah, so a challenge in dance science is there isn't always a huge amount of prior research to work from or to use. So how might this affect the findings of new research? Hmm. Um, it's interesting that we keep saying that dance science is a new field. <laughs> and we have been saying that for maybe 30 years now. Uh, I Adam is celebrating 30 years. Um, and we often say there isn't a huge amount of research in the field. And it's true that there isn't a huge of published research in the field. Uh, I, I, I want to believe that there has been uh, a lot of research being done in, in specific contexts, within the context of master's degrees, for example, in dance science. But to which extent that research then is disseminated and is put out there is a different thing. 
And, and even, you know, here we are uh, speaking in English, but we don't know if other research has been published in other countries in different languages. And we kind of assume again that research hasn't been done in a particular area, in a particular field, or is, is, is a new field. And I think we have to accept that we are, uh, that we are all grown up, you know, dance science is 30 years old, is a mature <laughs> adult now. Um, and it's time to assume that and maybe, maybe move on with, okay, what has been done so far? Can we find what has been done that hasn't been published and what's the quality of that research out there? Uh, you know, uh, more meta-analysis are probably, probably needed, but meta-analysis that include studies that probably haven't been published uh, properly, you know, and looking at, for example, reports of research that has been done. I'm sure that has, a lot has been done out there, but we keep saying that there isn't enough and, and, and probably there isn't enough uh, as well. So I think that that's a challenge is also that we need to uh, move from assume thinking that we, we will always be uh, adolescents in dance science and we are getting into a, a adulthood um, and, and look at you know new ways again new ways of finding what has been done and valuing that um, but one thing that I think is important to say is that we do need to disseminate more the research we do and more more widely uh, now there's challenges to that and, and I would say that there's two main challenges one is the lack of resources for research. Uh, traditionally, research in dance science uh, um, is not something that has been widely um, funded or of the interests of um, um, big funding bodies. So there, there has been um, issues with lack of resources and we do as much as we can, but if we don't have, you know, uh, grants that allow us to, to do more, to publish in free access papers, open access papers and things like that. It's difficult to, to then disseminate research. And that's where I think many of us in the field do a lot of research, but then that research doesn't uh, um, come out because we don't have time to publish, because we don't have resources to publish, so, uh, or to, to disseminate in different ways. So I think that's a big challenge. Uh, in in dance science more than actually is new if it's new or not I think one of the biggest challenges is the lack of resources um, and the other uh, uh, which means again that we always assume that research hasn't been done and it almost feels like we are constantly doing things for the first time and we don't move on you know we don't we will not evolve as much as we need if we keep thinking that we, we need to start again. Uh, so I think we need to move on in, in that sense. But the other challenge is that actually, maybe we need to increase trust um, within institutions, within schools, that research is important. Research is a really important element in, in the dance field because that's what allows that, that's what will give voice, uh, you know, research can give voice to the needs of the dance field. And I think that's why we need to look at research uh, with more trust 
but but the other way around as well as researchers we also need to trust that the dancers and the dance field know what are the needs they have at a particular moment and i think those are the biggest challenges for researching dance science yeah, something that I'm really trying to address with my podcast is that I'm trying to get the balance right between tradition in dance training and new research because there is a balance because especially in ballet, I'd say, um, it can be a huge challenge in researching. So how could we, what would your advice be for encouraging teachers and students to be open to this new research but still preserving the traditional ways of teaching which can be important? Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's an ongoing question, isn't it? How do we balance tradition with innovation? Um, and again, I think we need to listen to each other uh, uh, openly and with trust. Uh, I, I would say that tradition is important. You know, there's legacies that give, you know, give some um, structure and consistency. But on the other side, we need to be flexible enough to um, adapt to the needs of the of the world. To you know. Even now, more than ever, we need to um, challenge ourselves to do things in different ways. And that's quite difficult. That's really difficult to, to challenge something that has worked for, uh, for a long time. Like, why would, why would we challenge that if, if it has worked for a long time? And I think that what we need to do in research is again, to acknowledge that there's elements of it that are important to keep and how can we preserve that? But at the same time, what is that doesn't work anymore? So, and maybe that's what we need to identify instead of saying tradition is bad, it doesn't work. Now let's see, okay, so what is that works in a, uh, within tradition and you know, st uh, st structures and legacies and sometimes good positive values and what if that doesn't work and needs to adapt so that we can preserve it at the same time? And I think that's what we need to understand is that tradition will only be there if we allow it uh, to, to be valuable within the, the needs of a particular time. So it's this balance between preserving tradition with the ability to be flexible and to adjust it to something that is new or that needs to be new um, but that's, that's an ongoing debate isn't it uh, and again I think that's where we need as researchers to also be careful in um, not imposing things as oh this is the best way to do it this is the only way to do it but actually have a dialogue uh, with with the people in context and say okay Let's, what, what works for you and how can we make it work better? And I think that's where that dialogue needs to happen more frequently and, and more openly as well. Yeah, for sure. So an interesting point to touch on then might be that research in dance science typically stems from research in sport and exercise mm -hmm. science more generally. And um, so what problems might this lead to? And what I'd really like to touch on is um, why is it really important that we treat dancers as a population in their own right, as opposed to just a reflection of sport and exercise science? Uh, definitely. Well, you know, as, as a, in any area that emerges in, in research, in science, there's always inspiration from other areas, from similar areas. And I think sport, science, sport and exercise science have been really important to give us those frameworks, those ideas, 
for, for research um, that structure that didn't exist before in, in dance science. Uh, now, again, we, as, if we think that we are already 30 years, around 30 years of age, now it's time to kind of find our own <laughs> identity in dance science. And I, I still think that is really important that we look at uh, theories and frameworks and ways of doing research in other fields. But again, that we adapt it, that we are able to see what is specific in, in dance science that kind of uh, can even challenge the, the, the frameworks that we bring from other uh, fields. Um, so it, it's a balance. I think we, there's a lot that has, been, that has been done out there that we don't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel and start from scratch. Um, there's lots of things that we know in other, in other fields that can, we can easily uh, try if it works in dance, but then it's time to um, um, develop that uh, looking at the specificities of dance and, and put them at the center of our research. And we know that dance uh, has a lot of similarities with athletes in terms of physicality and the, the, the nature of the physical uh, training and the physical prof the profession. But it also has similarities with other performing arts domains. You know, we don't look at music as a comparable uh, field many times, but everything related to music or, you know, the demands of being on stage uh, and, and, and being scrutinized co constantly is something that is uh, looked at in music and that we don't usually compare with similar fields in that in in that side that um, artistic uh, element of it um, you know and it, it's something that maybe we need to expand <laughs> our different lens to other fields um, and I think that's that's really important always keeping the specific the specificity of dance at the center of our research. Again, I think we can benefit from a lot of research that has been done in other fields. Um, okay, let's see how it works in this field, acknowledging this. And that shouldn't be, as you said before, a weakness that, oh, because in dance is different. Okay, let's embrace that. Let's celebrate that. And let's make it the, the main point of our research that is different. How is it different? Let's look at it then as a, as a unique field and try to identify what is unique about it. Yeah, for sure. I really love that. Um, whilst there is valuable research in the dance science field, which this is in essence why I started this podcast, it's often there's a gap between this research and dancers training, applying it practically. Um, so what are your suggestions for starting to bridge this gap between the two, two worlds, I suppose? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question. And I think as researchers, we all always struggle uh, to make, to translate what we do and the findings we, we, we find <laughs> into something that is uh, meaningful to someone that doesn't need to know about research. Um, and that translates into something that is applicable uh, and meaningful in, in the studio or in context. I think, you know, initiatives like these, uh, what you are doing is really, uh, as a young student curious about dance science, I think that it's really valuable um, 
that we do more, you know, podcasts and, and give opportunities for researchers and, and non-researchers in, in dance science or interested practitioners in dance science to, to talk in a, in a more, um, um, what's the word? In a more, uh, I wouldn't say comfortable, but um, easy way, you know, uh, as a conversation, conversational way <laughs> uh, to talk about the research we do and why we feel it's important. But again, foster that dialogue. And, and as I mentioned before, you know, there's lots of people publishing reports or writing reports from research data are doing that don't reach peer reviewed journals or things like that. Um, but either they are also don't reach maybe um, dance science degrees or people that are working in the field. So how can we make all of these more available to all? And I think, again, podcasts, maybe, maybe videos where we explain the research we do and the meanings of that research, small reports, um, that's, something, that's something that we need to do more to make research more accessible to all. Yeah, and also trying to know what is that people want to know? Uh, we often assume that uh, what we do is interesting for everyone. Like what is that people want to know about dance science and how can we also cater for that? Uh, because as researchers, we probably can do that. We can probably answer to questions that haven't been asked before. So what is that people want to know about dance science or would like to know and how can we help with that? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for your time, Liliana. It's been great to chat with you. Is there anything else you'd like to mention or discuss today? Well, uh, maybe just to say, you know, uh, it's really great that you are doing this as, as a young student interested in dance science. And I hope that you are an inspiration to many uh, students out there that are interested in doing research, that want to do research. So do it, you know, uh, research is a very exciting field. Research in dance science is a very promising field. Um, and you all have an opportunity to, to translate something that is being done into, into, into context, into something that is meaningful to all. So yeah, keep doing it uh, and keep inspiring colleagues of you. Uh, and I hope that uh, research is that students do is becomes more accessible and more available as well. So I encourage all students doing research in dance science to publish, to disseminate their research because their research is valuable. Okay. That's so fine. Thank you so much, Juliana. Talk soon. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening and tune in again next Monday for another episode of SciDance. Make sure you're following at SciDance Podcast on Instagram to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it'd be really great if you could rate, review, subscribe and share.